Welcome, everybody. It's our 50th episode of Ride the Pine. This is a podcast where two friends discuss sports, side of anxiety, and a good bit of doubt. Except on this case, because we kind of know what we're talking about. As always, I'm Dan, and I'm joined by Tom. How are you doing this week? Hi, Dan. I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I was a little disappointed, if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, oh, our, oh, our, our, fir- our first topic is the Open, and yes. we were definitely expecting, just with uh, with the weather that we had predi- uh, we had seen on you know our weather mm-hmm. apps and things like that, it looked like it was going to be rainy and windy mm-hmm. and crappy, mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. two out of the four days, it was full sun and 63 and like five mile an hour winds. Like, kind of like two and a half of not, the four days, to be honest. Yeah. It was good. We- it was actual good weather, and I was like... Give me the weather that they had on Sunday, I know. all four days, and that uh-huh. would have been a completely different tournament. Completely different tournament. We, we would not be having the discussion that we're about to have because the weather obviously, obviously played a role in uh, in the scores, and we'll we'll get we'll we'll talk about that. Oh yeah, we um, will, because there were some numbers put up. But yeah, I had mixed emotions about this one. You know, I, I love the Open. It's one of my favorite uh, championships because you get to wake up early. Well, you wake up and guess what? Golf is on. Like a major championship is on. So it's always exciting to me when the British Open or the Open Championship is um, is going on. But this one, for some reason, I had a lot of trouble getting into. And uh, do you want me to explain that now? Why? Or did you want to start some, some other way? Well, you know, Tom, I actually have a uh, feeling I know why. And it's because a lot of these European guys just tore the course up on the first two days. Well, it's not even just that. It's everyone kind of tore up the golf course. And, and my, I've had this... I'm very consistent with with this uh, when it comes to the, the PGA or just golf in general. Golf courses are unable to keep up with the advances in, in golf technology. And it's so clear when an open championship is going into Sunday and there's like 10 people who are in double digits under par. And it's not like that's the only open championship that's ever had hot, like low numbers like that, but it's the amount of players who are putting those numbers up. I mean, the cut was at one over, so that means most of the field was under par. Right. When I think of a championship, I think of it as an, a different tournament. I don't think of it as like the John Deere Classic. Now, the scores were not obviously the John Deere Classic numbers, but... I like them. I like the players to earn the win, and I'm not saying that the winner this time around didn't earn it. I'm not saying that at all. Completely did, and we'll get into that as well. But um, when when you see you know 15 under, nine under, seven under, I mean, you know, the winner Shane Lowry uh, kind of pulled away. But I just it, it just kind of frustrates me that I, I felt like I was watching another regular tournament until Sunday. Until Sunday kicked in, that's what I. That's my big problem with, with PGA and and especially the majors. I wanted this to be like Sunday was, but for all four days, that would have been such a better tournament to watch because they would have all struggled and they would have had to earn their win. You know what I mean? Not yeah. just put the shots on the green. Absolutely. But uh, Shane Shane Lowry kicked some ass. And I think the difference for him, because you know the par being par seventy one. 
he was right. four under on round one and four under on round two. So you're like, okay, yeah. so he's he, you know he's he's doing pretty well. Like mm-hmm. he's he's not. I mean, I'm looking at his scorecard. He had you know three birdies on the front, uh, and then went uh, two birdies and a bogey on the back on round one. For he only mm-hmm. went thirty three, thirty four. So it's not like completely out of the question. No, no, not at all. Very consistent. It was if, round if three that bothered me <laughs> because okay. he literally went out. And shot thirty three thirty. Yeah, yeah. It was a crazy. It was a crazy tournament. Now, I, I I don't know too much about Shane Lowry. I've always rooted for him. I've always liked him for some reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like he has that like friendly kind of vibe. I don't know. I've always liked him. So it's it's easy to root for a guy like Shane Lowry, especially in, in his home island, if you will. But that was those kind of numbers shouldn't be showing up on a championship. <laughs> No, and, and you know what I was really happy to see, which is why I was texting you most of Sunday, mm-hmm. is that I started seeing the the bad holes, the low scores, like the low scores as in like over par, right? And right. I'm like, where was this the last three days? Like I this know. is what I was waiting for, for him. Yeah, to, so for him on the front nine, he had three birdies, but he had three bogeys. Mm-hmm. Now, to his credit, he finished round four only one over. So while everyone else and you know, to name a few, <laughs> <laughs> you know, even Fleetwood, who finished in second, he had a great weekend. Um, he was three over, uh, finished at nine under. Uh, if you go down the line a little bit further, John Rahm was plus four. So he was sort of in contention and went way out of it. Further down the line, Justin Rose, man. I, I Justin Rose is not the type of golfer to do this kind of thing. Especially in, in, in weather of his own country, if you will. But uh, eight over for his final round. Yeah, which was that was really very rough. unlike him, in my opinion. No, I, yeah, I, th- very. When, when I saw the number, I was like, he, is that supposed to be a minus or a plus? Right. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Uh, Jordan Spieth was six over. Stenson fell apart, had a five over final round. Um, a lot of these players just kind of fell apart. Uh, Lee Westwood, who was in contention all week, which was kind of fun, you know. Like I don't know what you think about Lee Westwood, but I want him to win a major really bad. And it would have been cool if he had done it here in the Open Championship, but he's never going to win a major. No, <laughs> just, he, it's not. just Lee Westwood at this point. Um, but should we talk about the one standout? <laughs> so, so I, so I do, and I, and I want to go round by round. Because okay. I, I just find this to be just probably one of the biggest collapses on a Sunday <laughs> that I've seen yeah. in golf in the last decade. Okay. Round one, this gentleman saw, shot 66. Okay. Second round, 68. Mm-hmm. Third round, 69. So you're yeah. like, okay, this guy's wow, in contention. He could win. And you know what? Yeah, that that's a great three rounds, right, Dan? Uh, oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, until you nearly soil yourself on on Sunday. And this is why Americans will always have trouble winning the Open Championship. To because the if tune British... of an 87. 87. But like I said, this is, this is what the Open Championship should be. And this was an American. And he's a non-major winning American. And it looked like he could do it, but then the weather hit him. And then J.B. Holmes... <laughs> Shot 16 over. And just to put it in perspective of how good he was doing, Dan, he only finished the tournament six over. That means he was 10 under. (laughs) 
So, so I want, I want to, I want to bring something to your attention. On rounds one, it. two, and three, mm-hmm. JB Holmes' accuracy of hitting mm-hmm. fairways was eighty-five point seven percent. That's very good. That's as good as you can really expect. Any guess for Sunday? <laughs> well. The five or six times that they showed him and that I saw him, he was in the fescue. Uh, Pretty much every time they turned to him, he was in the tall stuff. 20%. 21.43%. I swear I didn't look it up. I have no idea. That's, but that seemed what it was. It looked like he was hitting like two of ten fairways. And it's, and it's <laughs> it funny so that you mentioned Lee Westwood. Yeah. Because he was the leader on Sunday. Of for mm-hmm. driving accuracy of fairways hit, he hit okay ninety two point eight six percent of his fairways on Sunday in those conditions. Wow. Well, okay. You know what? I'm not as shocked as a lot of people would be because, again, and I said this to you when we were texting back and forth. Th- this is their weather. If they don't go out and play well, then. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. This is your advantage. The weather is your friend in this category. And if you look at it, uh, I mean, uh, McIntyre, I don't even know who the hell this person is. He shot three under and went all the way up to sixth place, but he's from Scotland. So he's like, he's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, this is just a, an average Wednesday for Let's me. Let's go to the beach after this. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was funny. Cause I forgot who it was. I think it was Shane Lowry. It started really raining heavy, and he, like, turned around uh, and the crowd was like all covered in umbrellas, and he kind of looked at the crowd and just said to them, "He's like, it's like a lovely day, isn't it?" And everyone started laughing in the middle of the s- of of Sunday. He said this, but this is that like I know he was joking, but he's not really joking because that that's Ireland. <laughs> that's, uh, Ireland, all uh, I've time. I've only been to Ireland once. I've had okay. the, the luck of being there once. How uh, green was it, Tom? It's the greenest place I've ever been in my life. And do you know why that is? Here's some science for you, folks. Because it rains all the freaking time. Because it rains all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's healthy. Well, grass. we were there for a week. I think it rained five of the seven days. At That's least. That's it? <laughs> at least five of the seven. Yeah, it was sunny for two days for all of like 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what blows my mind even more, Tom, for the driving accuracy is that, you know, Lee Westwood had the 92%, which is incredible. The right. field average was 49%. Wow, it's that low, huh? It was that low, so not so just under fifty percent, and Westwood is blowing them out of the water with driving accuracy, right. which is incredible to see. Yeah, and I, like I said, it looked like he had a chance. It really did look like he had a chance at winning. Uh, I mean, but if you if you follow golf at all, you know that Lee Westwood is in his forties now, and he's been a contender in, in so many majors, and he just can't ever seem to close it out. But uh, good job on him. It's good to see him playing sort of well. I would love for him to win a major. I'm that type of person where I, I see the dedication and the hard work that people put into stuff. And like like Ray Bork, you know, like that man should have won a Stanley Cup. And thankfully he did. It's the same thing for, for Westwood. Uh, but, you know, top another top five finish for him. I don't think he's complaining too much, especially no. with the the way Sunday turned out. You know, before we go on to talk about the FedEx Cup, which is starting mm-hmm. on August 8th, um, I wanted to just quick mention how proud I am to be an American because, like you said, this is not an American tournament, obviously. No. It's obviously played in either Scotland, Ireland, England, whatever. Right. And Americans struggled. The last American to win this Open was Zach Johnson. 
Mm, I remember that. We had nearly half the top ten were Americans. I see that, year. yeah. Tony Finau. Yeah, I see that. Brooks Gepka, mm-hmm. Ricky mm-hmm. Fowler, of all people. And well, Patrick he was playing Reed. well. That, and that's what I'm saying. But Yeah, Ricky, Ricky was playing really well. <clears throat> I'm really happy for Ricky especially because Ricky is a good player who a lot of people deem that he's never going to win a major. Because, again, plus three on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I know you said you're really proud of him and all that, but I'm not. I'm the exact opposite because it's about damn time that he starts playing well all the time because he, he should win a major. Right? He's Ricky Fowler. Everyone kind of knows who he is. But he hasn't because he does this all the time. I, I get it. The the conditions were tough. But everyone had to play in them. And some people finish under par. So you could still score. And if... Now, Ricky kind of... I don't think he had much of a chance. He was kind of too far behind. But he's got to put it together for four rounds. Um, Who I'm, I'm impressed by, and I, I'm going to continue to be impressed by, is Brooks Kepka. What a, How does he keep doing this? Horrendous start, and then still ends up coming back into contention somehow. Yeah, and he finished three over on the on the on round four for six under total. But another top five, he's either won or finished in the top five in like each of the last major or in the last majors in like the last three years. He's been that dominant. And, like, this is another event. You, you kind of... Kepka just finds a way to sneak up into the leaderboard. And until Sunday, he was he was nine under. He had a chance. And he just couldn't put it together. Uh, he was struggling right out of the gate. But still, I think that's incredibly impressive. Uh, now, before we move to the FedEx Cup, we have to make one honorable mention. David Duvall. <laughs> oh... My God, I nearly forgot. What was he? Twenty-seven over. Twenty-seven over. Um, it was, ooh, maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. So, um, round one, he starts off with a birdie, birdie start, birdie, birdie, par, par. That's a pretty good start for the open. He's two under. You ready for this? Oh, no. Oh, no. Do I want to know? <laughs> Quadruple eight on the fifth hole. Oh, God. Bogey on the sixth. No oh, God. 14 on the seventh. Then he f- somehow pars the next hole, and then bogeys nine. He starts off two under and 13 over on the front nine for 49. He almost shot a 50. Oh, and then bogey, God. bogey, par, 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 bogey, bogey, triple par for a 42, for a 91. Now that's this guy 20, that's twenty over. Now I understand oh anybody God. who likes golf, they're thinking to themselves, "Oh, but that's David Duvall. He's he's older. I get it." But he was a former number one in the world, <laughs> and he was invited to come play in this. And the the first article that gets published right after is, "Should he have declined?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those. Nope, I'm busy that weekend. <laughs> now he ended up with a, a 78 second round and shot a 27 over. Obviously missing the cut. <laughs> I, mean, I don't oh, think I needed to say that part. Oh God! But it was bad. He also the, on the fourteenth apparently he played a wrong ball and it was just an absolute mess. Uh, I kind of feel bad for him because he seems like such a good guy, <laughs> but oof. two under turned into fourteen. That's impressive. That takes some skill to do. It, it, it really does. Because like, like I can safely say to you, Dan, I've never done that before. I've never taken a two under and finished with like a near fifty. 
I know it's not the open, and I know it wasn't like. Well, even the weather was beautiful on the first day, so I can't blame the weather. He just did not play well. So I had to at least mention David Duvall because that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right, pretty so, remarkable that that happened. But you know what? Shane Lowry deserved it. I, as much as, I, as I'm as i going to poo-poo the PGA and, and the fact that they won't cap the technology on these golf clubs, making it too, too easy – Shane Lowry stood his own. He he maintained the the lead and walked away with a very large six stroke lead or win. So congratulations on your first major, Shane. Uh, I feel like we're we're gonna hear from him again. I don't think this is a one time deal. I don't know if he's gonna win too many more, uh, but I feel like he might win another Open or something like that. That's what I'm thinking. I, I think I think the way that he, if it, if it is played in anywhere near Ireland or Scotland, I think he wins another Open. I think if it's just in England, I think he has a good chance because it's kind of similar weather. I mean, it's a little different, but yeah, I don't. I don't think he wins a Masters. I think that's I don't a think completely he wins different. An, it's a very different course. Yeah, I don't know if he wins any other major. I think it, I think the Open kind of fits his his game, which is fine. I mean, there are plenty of people, <laughs> Rafa, who uh, only win one major and become Hall of Famers. You know? Okay, over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little, your, your throat clear? You good? Yeah, no, I'm good. It was just a little uh, <laughs> rough. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So to talk about the FedEx Cup. So I don't know how much you know about the, the whole FedEx Cup system. Um, uh, I know pretty much all about it. I don't know who's in the lead and all that because I don't okay. care. Yeah, this, this is a sports well, podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I care. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> All right. So everyone pretty much gets to play at first. So the first week of it, I really don't care. That's actually so not correct. Only the top 125 in? play the first. That's a lot of people. I, I don't know. know 125 golfers. But, but just I know to let you know. I know maybe 40. I mean, just to let you know, guys who are sitting below 125 mark, Daniel Berger is below there. Who? Jason who the Jason he- Duffner. Peter oh, Uline. Oh, who cares about Duffner? Alex, Alexander Norum, Bill Haas, just to name a few. Okay. Oh well, my God, Martin Kramer, well, Zach Johnson. Wow, really? Zach Johnson is sitting at one hundred and fifty. See, the way I always thought of it is because those guys are typically the better players. They're in the top 125. Those are part of the group that I know. I'm kind of shocked to hear some of the names. those names are out of it, though. So that's uh, Like Anirabhan uh, Lahiri, Snyder Jans, Els, Mahan. Okay, now you're making, you were making some names up there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that you... I don't believe those are real people. The, anyway, the, go on. They're, those are real people. <laughs> yeah, you mean like Bronson nope. Burgoon? <laughs> Bronson Burner? No. No, there's a guy whose name is Bronson Burgoon. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm going to take a picture of it and send it to you. So what about the FedEx Cup, Dan? (laughs) Okay, so about the FedEx Cup. You got me interested now. Okay, so it starts off with the top 125. The way it works is that after that first tournament, it goes from 125 to 70. Okay. There's no cut on the weekend. Oh, oh, really? So everybody plays all four rounds, and then based on how you finish in the tournament, mm-hmm. they take the top 70, and they go to the next tournament, which is okay. the BMW. I kind of uh, like that. After it gives that, everyone a chance. After that, from 70, you go to 30. They drop 40 mm-hmm. people right? Uh, to go, and only the top 30 play in the Tour Championship. Okay. And uh, that that is, and then... 
Actually, the last tournament is the Wyndham Rewards tournament, which is the top 10 people. Mm-hmm. And right now, the top 10. Number 10 is John Rahm. Okay. Number 9 is Ricky Fowler. Okay, good for him. Number 8 is Paul Casey. Paul Casey? Wow, okay. I Num- didn't expect to hear that name. Number 7 is Dustin Johnson. Oh, a little bit low there. Number okay. 6 is Patrick Cantlay. Number he had like one good tournament this year. Number five is oh, Gary did. Woodland. He did win, okay. And number four mm-hmm. is Xander Shoffley. Okay. Number three is Rory McElroy. Okay. Number two is Matt Kuchar. Yeah, he won like twice this year, didn't he? Uh, three times this year. Three times. Okay. And number one is your boy, Brooks Kepka. Yeah, yeah. Which, that makes sense. The point difference <laughs> I mean, between Kucher and Kepka is 37 points. All right, so how do the points even work out, though? Like, is there a, a, a set points for every tournament? And then uh, there is. Distributed? Uh, okay. the, the way that it works, let me see here. Because the way I imagined it working is there's a set points, and then they take the standings of each tournament, and they distribute it to those who made the cut in, in appropriate order. So, like, the winner would win the most points, and then second wins second most points, etc., all the way down. That's the way I thought it would work. I don't really know, though. All right. So, the way it works, this is what I'm looking at. Um, if you win a PGA Tour event, it's 500 points. Okay. If you come in second in a PJ Tour event, it's 300, third is 190, fourth is 135, and so on. Okay. If you win any of the majors, Masters, U.S. Open, British, or PGA, it's 600 points. Excuse me. Excuse me. An extra 100 points for winning a major? Yes, that is correct. Well, what kind of jank system is that? What kind of system is that? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hey, hey, I won the John Deere Classic. I get 500 points. He's like, uh, yeah, Kepka comes in. Yeah, I won like 400 majors, but I have like one more point than you. Excuse me? I, th- that's a weird, that's a weird, like th- that should be maybe like a thousand. Like, hey, it's like winning two tournaments, <laughs> but an extra 100, who gives a shit? <laughs> It's like 400, 500, who gives a shit? Yeah, all right, okay. So 600 points for a major. Okay, okay good so, job. But this is where it gets interesting. So in the playoffs, mm-hmm. If you win a tournament in the playoffs, it's 2,000 points. Okay, so if you win one, you're pretty much... Well, I guess not really, because if you're really back in the standings... Yeah, so if and someone you win who's one, like 150th wins yeah, you, the first tournament, you, you immediately you jump right up the into the top 10. <laughs> okay, that's kind of that's kind of dope. I like that. Uh, second place is 1,200. Uh, okay. Third is 760, and fourth is 540. And it keeps so, going all the way down to 85th, which is a total grand total of six points. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this again. Uh, what's fourth place worth, would you say? 540 points. And third place? Is 760. So they're, they're – the, okay. So the PGA Tour <laughs> got together, and they said to themselves, major championship, uh, 600 points. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good, John. Very good. Third place in an event no one cares about. 750! What? <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, the playoff system's a little wonky. Like, like I get it. Like, you want to make the, the playoffs interesting. That's got to be the reason why they do that. But, okay. Also, I'm looking at this uh, PGATour.com, this, the FedEx standings. Uh, Kepka, Kucher, McElroy, and Schaff. 
Sheffield, Shoffley have won two events each. But the one thing that stands out to me uh, is that they have the number of top tens. Yep. Rory McIlroy has 11 top tens this year. That's pretty good. I didn't realize he was like in on that much or that many tournaments. He's in, and that's why he's in third place. So I want to I want to bring something to your attention. So Please. the final playoff standings, like between one and a hundred and was a hundred and twenty-five. I think that's. If you idea. come in a hundred and twenty-fifth, like in the FedEx Cup standings at the end of the playoffs, mm-hmm. your purse, hundred and one thousand dollars. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you heard me correctly. <laughs> Last place. One hundred. If you come in a hundred and twenty-fifth place. So like after that first tournament of the that where they cut it to the top twenty uh, top one hundred twenty five, uh huh. Your minimum payout by the end of it, if you lose, if you miss the cut the next tournament, is one hundred and one thousand dollars. Um. Okay. <laughs> and if you don't make that hun- top one hundred twenty five, if you finish between yeah. one hundred twenty six and one hundred fiftieth. Uh-huh. Your minimum payout is seventy grand. Oh, is that all? Is that all? Tom, okay. do you know what do you know what goes to first place? It's ten mil, isn't it? Fifteen. It's now fifteen. Wasn't it ten for a long time? What what doesn't make <laughs> sense to me is that first place is fifteen million dollars. Yeah, that's second place first is five of all, that's mil. That's too much money. First of all, it's too much money. Oh, it's, I it's, just it's, want... it's a stupid amount of money. <laughs> I just want to say that that's because you have to remember the person who wins the FedEx Cup is more than likely going to be one of the bigger names. It might not be like a huge name. It could be like a Gary Woodland, right? Who I know just won a major, but he's not one of like the top names, no, right? No, he's not like a DJ, a McElroy, a Exactly. Kaka, one of those but, guys. you know, he could win. And you have to remember, he's getting paid a lot of money outside of golf. So 15 mil is adding on to his already millions, and that's just Gary Woodland. <laughs> and don't forget this, before the playoffs even start... The top ten get paid uh, based on their regular season standings. I don't like this. It's two like million it. to first first place and five hundred thousand to tenth place. I don't. I don't like it. That's, I, I liked that is it. a ridiculous I, amount of money. I liked it until you got into the money talk, and now I don't like it anymore. The the, the total purse between the uh, the final standings and the regular season and the final playoff standings is seventy million dollars. That's so much money. That is just a, so much money. It's a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, like I have really mixed feelings. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about all this. <laughs> it just, uh, it's all sorts of it, things have been popping out in and out of my head. Like the major championship, only 600 points, and then there's $15 million. All right, listen, that's awesome for the person who wins. And I, I, I watched last year's FedEx Cup. Um, all of the events, because I think that was like Tiger's, you know, comebacks. I just wanted to watch that, but uh, I don't know. I'm sure you're going to watch it because you're way bigger into golf than I am. Um, But like, what's the draw to this? Well, the thing—it's not a major. Well, the thing for me is that the guys who are ranked between 11th and 30th, there are a lot of guys in there. That I would love to see jump up into the top ten and potentially overtake Kepka because Kepka's one—I wouldn't say he's won enough, but it's one of those things where you want to see someone different. You know, well, he didn't win the FedEx Cup last year, did he? Who won the FedEx Cup last year? Uh, let me actually. See. Was it? 
It wasn't Tiger. I know he won the no, final. No, Justin event. Rose. Justin Rose won it. Okay, Justin um, Rose. I feel like Brooks hasn't done anything but win majors. Seriously, like I'm. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, he, I know I'm would, wrong, but well, I don't. Uh, I actually am not picking Kepka to win the FedEx Cup this year. Okay, who are you picking? Patrick Cantley. You like this Patrick Cantley? I really I do. Seen anything from him? I don't. I really I, do. Why? I haven't seen enough from him. He did win an event this year. I remember watching that event. That was a great tournament. But other than that, I, I don't know. He just doesn't impress me at all. So this year, he's played in 17 events, and he's actually mm-hmm. finished in the top 10 in all in eight of them, and mm-hmm. he's won one. Uh, okay. To put it in perspective, in his career, he only has two wins and only has 21 top 10 finishes total out of 81 events played. So this year, he's having a better year than most. His uh, career earnings this year is a little, um, just under 5 mil. And he only okay. made he's only made eleven mil in his whole career. So he's he basically half of his career earnings are coming this is year. from this year. Well, okay, and that's great. I, I, it's clear that he's having a great year because I, this is kind of the first year I've ever actually seen him. I know he's been around for a little while, but uh, this year he definitely has made himself more of a presence. But look right above him. Look at Rory McIlroy. Who's played in 15 events, so two less than Cantley. He has two wins over Cantley's one and 11 top tens. That means 13 out of the 15 times he was in the top ten. That means two times all year he's been out of it. And the way you just told me the point breakdown, it sounds like, yes, the winner gets the obvious advantage, but you're not going to win every event. But if you finish in top tens, you're going to get more points. And right. if you finish in second, you're going to get a crap ton of points. And McElroy is only 142 points away from the lead. So if he goes out and he just gets top tens for four straight, what is it, four tournaments or three? Yep. Well, uh, it's four. It was four. If he goes and gets three top tens out of four, Roy McElroy could easily win if Brooks and Kucher and all those guys don't win. So, I, I you know, I, I like your pick of Cantley, but I'm going to pick McElroy. I really like – I'm looking at his numbers. I'm like, I didn't realize he was doing this good uh, this year, but he's you know, 13 out of 15 times top 10. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and, and what kind of makes it really interesting is that th- uh, there are a bunch of guys here who are in the top who have won the FedEx Cup before, Xander Shoffley mm-hmm. being one. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Dustin Johnson's one, and then I Justin Rose is there on 11th. Yeah, right, and he's easily in contention. He's he, less than a thousand points you know, off the Tony lead. Tony Finau's in thirteenth. Justin Thomas, seventeenth. <clears throat> yeah, you know Adam Scott, nineteenth. Fleetwood. 20th. Can we talk about? Let's talk about Tony Finau just very quickly because he played pretty well this past event in in, in the Open, and he he faltered a little bit uh, on Sunday. But he's one of those guys who I'm starting to notice is right on that brink. He's right there. Yep. You can't tell if he's going to have a good day or a bad day, but when he has a good day, he's in contention. And it feels to me like he's really close to breaking out. Could this be the breakout that he needed? Because if you play pretty well here with only 1,000 points behind, you could win. And that would be a huge boost to his career, which he needs one. Because <laughs> he has all the talent in the world from what everyone always says. He's one of the few people on this list, on at least in the top 30. There's a couple toward the end 
that doesn't have a win. Yeah, he so, doesn't have a win, which is, which blows my mind for me because he's me such a good player. And he plays a lot, 21 events this year, which is one of the highest numbers I see, other than Sun, Sun Jai Im, who's played 31. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, That's he's crazy. played a lot. Sun Jai Im has played a lot of tournaments. Yeah. That's a lot. So, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like for an underdog like Fina. That'd be cool. See, see that that's what I like about it, Tom. Is not that like oh you got the typical big guys there in the top ten. Oh, it's mm-hmm. just gonna be another one of those. But mm-hmm. one tournament could change everything. True. One tournament winning two thousand points in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who's in a hundred and thirtieth place winning a tournament, you're automatically in the top ten, right you away. You are. You definitely are. Um, hey, look at uh, Shane Lowry on yep. this website. It shows that he was ranked 68 in FedEx Cup uh, yep. last week. Now he's 18th because of the win. So, yeah, one win does. So how many more events until the FedEx Cup? Like, How many chances left are there? Uh, let me see because they got this week. They have the World Golf Championship, the St. Jude Invitational okay. in Memphis, Tennessee. But let okay. me see here. So you got the World Golf Championship, and then you have technically the start of the uh, well. Is that the start of the playoffs? Uh, the Wyndham Championship is for the top. I believe it was 150. So technically, it's, uh, um, first through fourth. Be- okay. Oh, actually, no. Yes, hundred. So, so, <laughs> so the so internal the championship is, yes. is the top 150. From that mm-hmm. tournament, they dropped down to the top 125 for the Northern Trust. From the Northern Trust, they go from 125 to 70 for the BMW. Mm-hmm. And then from the BMW to the Tour Championship, they go from 70 to 30. It's the top gotcha. 30. So that's how okay. it goes. And the, the former winners of those four tournaments from last year, you got Brent Snedeker of the Wyndham, DeChambeau of the Northern Trust, Keegan Bradley at the BMW, and then Tiger wow. Woods, the Tour Championship last year. I do remember that Keegan Bradley kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, where have you been for the last six years? <laughs> it's been a while since I saw that name. And that, and like I said, I, I kind of like that idea that it, it gives – now he has a chance. You know, last year. This is last year. But uh, Keegan Bradley had a chance all of a sudden because he won one event, which is cool. But, uh, okay, well, you sold me. I'll probably watch a little bit of it. Uh, maybe I'll watch it all. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I won't watch like all the way th- Thursday to Sunday, but I'll definitely keep my eye because on Sunday what they start doing is they start saying, oh, so this guy's going to, based on his finish, he's going to jump from here to here or he's going to fall from here to here. And then they usually right. uh, talk about like the guys who are on the bubble, kind of like a March Madness type thing. So right, the guys right, right. to watch at are going to be guys like Ricky Warinsky, Patton Kazire, Daniel Berger, those guys because they're right – they're only – less than 10 points from each other right so yeah i see they, that you know one, one finish you know between 123rd place and 127th place it's mm-hmm. it's a difference of 10 points okay hey remember the name heath slocum oh oh my god i haven't heard that name in forever I know he. There's a reason he's ranked 262nd. He's second to last on the FedEx Cup. I just wanted to point that out for no reason. <laughs> you remember no Brenda? D- Brenda Dijon. I'm looking at all these people. I'm like, yeah, I know most of these guys. <laughs> like Charlie Wee is there. Tom Lehman. I mean, Tom Lehman's like 90. Bernard so Langer. I mean, but Bernard yeah. Langer plays Fred on the Champions Couples. Tour and he's destroying the Champions Tour. 
Trevor Immelman, isn't he a major champion? He yes, won a he major, is. didn't he? A Masters, I think. Yes, he is. Yeah, he won he the won Masters. Masters. Why Yang is there? Yeah, there's a lot of people who are missing who are missing out. But I guess I haven't heard a lot of these names in a long time. So, but weekly, hey. <laughs> well, anyway, this seems pretty fun. So I'll probably take a look. The money is gross. It bothers the money really bothers me a lot because these guys are so filthy rich as it is. You don't need to throw more money. They should be able to just go out and play for fun and put on a good show. But money just it's too much in sports. You'll hear this from me. I might have a different take than a lot of uh, than, than your other the, the other co-hosts that you had before, but money in sports is one of the things I hate the most. It, it just ruins sports so badly. Uh, but we'll, that's for another topic. This is a cheery topic. So 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 before we go to our first break, I wanted to mention. So just an example: if Henrik Stenson, who's currently in 81st place, wins th- that fir- one of the first playoff events, he immediately goes to first place. Okay, because he's that's, at four hundred ninety-five points. Two thousand points gets him to two thousand four hundred ninety-five. That's, that's fun, but it's also really dumb if you think about it. Because he hasn't done anything all year, and now he might win fifteen million dollars. Yeah, so, no, that, that, that it's cool, point. but it's kind of dumb. I, you know, all these other guys have been playing really well, and they might not have a chance because John. Crescent might win, you know. I don't know. It just John <laughs> Crescent. It's the two first first words that came into my head. Listen, what do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh goodness. Um. So we're gonna take our first break, and when yes. we come back, we're gonna talk a little NFL, and we're gonna talk a little college football as well. So stay tuned for more. Welcome back, everybody, from our first break. So we're going to hop right back into it. Uh, We're going to actually discuss something uh, that's been actually brewing now for the past four months. Um, It's uh, Tyreek Hill has gotten gotten into a little bit of trouble in the NFL. I don't know if you heard about this or not. I did, but uh, just in case somebody who is not familiar with it, uh, go ahead and try to explain it. So basically what happened was about four months ago, they had to uh, go under investigation for Tyree Kill for potential uh, child and spousal abuse, which obviously is the same category as like a Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson type deal. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is actually the first time since, you know, in the past like five years or so since they had the new uh, suspending people for domestic abuse where right. he was actually not suspended. The the league, oh, that's right. the league through his investigation basically they said that he did not break any rules and that the allegations were actually false based on, on the evidence okay. that they found. Okay. So what they said here is over the past four months we have conducted a comprehensive investigation of allegations regarding Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tyree Kill. Throughout the investigation, the NFL's primary concern has been the well being of the child. Our understanding is that the child is safe and that the child's ongoing care is being directed and monitored by the Johnson County District Court and the Johnson County Department for Children and Families. In conducting our investigation, we have taken great care to ensure that we do not interfere with the county's proceedings or compromise the privacy of welfare of the child in any way. The information developed in the court proceeding is confidential and has not been shared with us, and the court has sealed all law enforcement records. 
Local law enforcement authorities have publicly advised that the available evidence does not permit them to determine who caused the child's injuries. So, it, it so the child was definitely hurt. The child was hurt, but they're, they're saying there's no way to pin that on Tyreek Hill. Okay, so I'm, I'm, and, and you probably don't have the answers to this. It's probably not in the article, but then who did? You know, like somebody had to hurt the kid, right? Uh, the someone had to have hurt the kid. Um, okay, but they're they're still looking into like more. Was it like a relative? Was it like a cousin, huh. an uncle, aunt? Was it the mom? Like, and they've completely ruled out Tyreek Hill. But they have at this point they have completely said that Tyreek Hill is innocent and that he will not be charged. Okay, uh, because it I sounds guess, to I mean, me if like, he didn't do it, that's great. It sounds to me like it's baby mama drama. If I'm being honest, I, I think it sounds like the the wife of Tyreek Hill or the girlfriend mm-hmm. is basically trying to say, hey, he he hit our child, but had no proof. But the kid was hurt. But the correct? kid was hurt. That is correct. So so she's I'm you know, she's saying the kid was hurt and the kid was proven to be hurt. So if just if, if they don't find out who it was, then I don't know. It it seems like to me they can't move on from this because if they can't find anybody else, it it's got to go back to the parents. One way or another, they're responsible for the kid being hurt, even if they didn't physically do it. They're responsible for it, and is you know, I, I'm 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 curious to see where this goes if they've ruled out Tyreek Hill. Have they ruled out his girlfriend? Does it mention that or his wife? No, sure. uh, it's it's actually his fiance. Her name is Crystal. Fiance. And this okay. is th- this is why Tyree got in trouble in the first place. Audio surfaced on the first day of the NFL draft back in April, in which he discusses injuries suffered by his son, basically saying what happened, uh, what did you do, this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Hill told his fiance that she should be terrified of him during a near eleven minute discussion that took place in a Dubai airport. Why would he say that? That is a very good question, and I think that is why they opened an investigation against them because that sounds really fishy yeah, to me. For good reason. That's for good, basically saying you should be scared of me. Like, yeah, whoa, that's like, that's like hey, bro. some Heisenberg shit going on. What? Like, that's that's. I mean, that's a threat. Number one, and then number two, that doesn't sound like a person that's um, well in tuned with his emotions and and possibly. Uh, could be violent. I mean, if you're threatening someone, I've never threatened anybody like that because I'm not a very violent person at all. So I can't imagine myself ever saying that. So if I were to have said that, I would have to have some kind of violent streak in me. No? You <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Um, to make things a little bit more juicy, he actually had a div- domestic violence um, charge back when he was in college. And who was it against? Crystal. The same person. Where so, he actually got kicked out of Oklahoma State for it. Uh-huh. Huh. You know, it's one of those situations, because in, in the previous podcast that I worked on, we talked a lot about uh, abuse and stuff like that, because it's, it's an ongoing issue, especially in today's world. And there have been cases that we've covered, that we, used, that we covered at one point, where um, the woman who comes out and blames the guy comes back eventually and says that she made it up. Now, that has happened maybe once or twice in the countless amount of stories that we've had to cover. But in almost every case 
that we talked about and covered, if the woman claimed the same thing twice, it almost always came out to be true. I'm just saying, I because I, I, I'm not an expert in this field. I'm only going by stuff that I've read and paid attention to over the years. And when a woman comes out and, and has to report a domestic abuse file uh, twice, it's normally uh, goes back to actually being an issue. Because it's not just like you could just report and if there's nothing found, it's all gone. No, because an investigation right. has to be put together. So there's got to be something there. And there has I don't to know, be. I obviously don't know Tyreek at all, but I'm just saying, this seems like there's an ongoing issue there. And then the kid gets hurt. And that's scary. And 99% of, the, of women are not going to hurt their own kids. And I say 99 because I'm sure there's. I know there's some that have that have hurt their own kids, but it, when the kids involved, now it's a whole different story. And I wouldn't be as lenient as the NFL was. Uh, but anyway, go on. I'm sorry. So, the thing that makes it even more interesting is that initial charge when he's back in college. Okay. The charge was domestic assault and battery by strangulation. Oh my god, that's not okay. I mean, like. Like a push, that's one thing. Slap, definitely a no no. But strangling? Yeah, but still, that's. <laughs> but a slap really? is not a strangle. Yeah. No, a strangle is like a whole other level. Like you're literally so, trying to cause them visible harm. Now, that's an easy one to determine. Did she have. Like, was this proven? Yeah, she had. Like, uh, she, she, she actually pleaded guilty. So he. Uh, right there! <laughs> That's that's the answer. It's just like anything else, Dan. It's just like a drug addiction. It, if it's in you, it, it tends to come out, even if you're quote-unquote rehabilitated. Absolutely. And if this guy has been in trouble for the same thing before, what on earth do you think is going on now? And if, if the investigation is defending Tyreek Hill because he's an NFL star, I mean that's that's a big problem, and that does happen. It, it's the equivalent of a, a bar saying, "Hey, let's hire a former alcoholic as our head bartender. Ooh. He's recovered. That's a great idea." Ooh. Tiger, I'm looking Tiger. at you, Tiger. Yeah, but kind of. But it's it's, just like, it's the same thing, like saying, "Hey, he's yeah. recovered." It doesn't mean he's fully cured. It means it's right. he still has that potential to do something like a- bad. Right. He seems like he's obviously a bad person if you're willing to put your hands around someone's neck and strangle them. Or it maybe it wasn't his hands, it might have been something else. But regardless, if you're willing to strangle someone, you're not a good person. Do try to convince me otherwise, it will not work. You're not a good person. See, my uh, I actually am going even further that strangling a guy, a guy on guy, that's one thing. But no, but no, a guy, it's not, no, 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 no. But a guy <laughs> laying a hand on a woman, regardless of what happened, you should be in jail for a couple of years, at least. No, you should be in jail for a couple of years if you strangle anything. You are not a good person if you strangle anything. I don't I'm, care if it's a guy or a girl. I'm just saying, it, put it, a man putting a hand on a woman is just like it's just no, it's unforgivable. No, no, no. It, it's. I agree. It's bad, but. Uh, it, the guy on guy thing, that doesn't that should not be a thing at all. If you are going to strangle someone, you go to jail. I don't care if it's a kitten, 
if it's a woman or if it's a man. You don't do that. There's no that that guy on guy that 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 thing that doesn't exist. Yeah. If you're either a, a criminal or you're not. Right. I agree. It's terrible that he did it to a woman, but it would be just as bad if he did it to a guy because you're literally trying to kill someone. Yeah, it it, it blows my mind. And the fact that she stayed with him, what? Let's talk about that. <laughs> no, let's not talk about that. I don't want to. Go on. Yeah, Go let's on. I'm getting not flustered. talk about that. Um, so basically, it goes on to say that neither the girlfriend nor Tyreek are going to be charged in their initial investigation, but they're still going to continue looking into it and looking at Rightfully more leads. So. But they better. Um, it sounds very fishy to me. It could. It could be a, a case where, um. The kid fell on his own, and the the girlfriend or fiance is trying to blame it on Tyreek. Or Tyreek actually did do something, and the girl went to defend the child, and he struck the fiance. It's I, one of the two. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it's the second. No, and I wouldn't doubt it's the second one either. No, I, you're right. It could be the first one, uh, but I mean. This woman, obviously, Crystal is her name, you said? Crystal, Crystal. obviously, for some reason, loves Tyreek. I don't know why, especially if he pled guilty uh, to strangling her years ago. But somebody with a violent streak like that, I will never believe that it was a fabricated lie. I will never believe that because, I mean, it's right there. Uh, now, obviously, I want to see more. I want to see evidence, and it doesn't seem like the the investigators can find anything, which is problematic because we might never actually know what happened. And if Tyreek Hill did strangle or not strangle or hurt his kid, and they say and they wipe their hands clean, oops, we don't have any evidence, sorry. And the guy comes back and accidentally kills the kid or purposely kills the kid in the future, we're gonna look back at this moment and say, oh, we probably shouldn't have stop the investigation or we should have done something else because this guy listen i'm 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 going to be fully behind it if you're strangling someone you're you're a dangerous person you're a dangerous person i i completely agree with you um man that's disgusting it really is um on to one where i honestly think it's a little bit lighter and it's a little bit more funny um i sure hope so you get (laughs) You got Urban Meyer, a head coach oh. of the Ohio State football team, uh-huh. who we all know he's been in trouble most of what? his most of his college career, like ninety percent of his career. Every year, <laughs> it's like. Every and you year. got one person who's a coach in college football, who has a huge mouth, and has no filter. I think, and, I and he this. is one of your favorites. And probably one of mine, just because he just is a no BS and just tells it how it is. Mm-hmm. That man is Jim Harbaugh. He definitely has a big mouth. They, they, he's not afraid to, to use his mouth. That's for so sure. So he That's went onto a podcast on, uh, let me see, it was uh, last Thursday. Okay. And stated that former Ohio head coach Urban Meyer has mm-hmm. controversy follow him everywhere. True. Which he's not wrong. Nope, it is he's 100%, 100% accurate. Yep. So then, every single time. <laughs> so then every year. for the next 36 hours, mm-hmm. literally everybody was like, why did you say that about Meyer, this and that? Well, well, well what, what's, your, what's the deal with that? What's your problem with Meyer? 
And basically, Harbra fielded the question, basically saying that Meyer basically is just, he causes trouble everywhere he ends up, whether it be Florida, whether it be Ohio State. There's always going to be some sort of controversy. And then he goes, facts are facts. It is. And I, he, I hate <laughs> it's true. And you know, and he's not wrong, but was this a good time to say it? Sure. Why not? I, everybody's a scumbag. He's an absolute scumbag. Every, Like you said, and uh, Jim and everyone else, unless you're an Ohio State or uh, at the time Florida supporter, he always has something going on. And if it's not directly caused by him, it's somebody under in his staff, or it's the school or the program, whatever it is, there always seems to be something going on. So, yep. like, why does it matter what time it is? It's and, just like, yeah, that's it, Jim, first of all. Jim's going to do that. And, and my thing is that I, I love about Jim Harbaugh is a reporter asked him, why did you choose to s- say what you said about Urban Meyer? Harbaugh okay. responds with, He's merely, I'm merely speaking my mind and not introducing any new content. I don't see why people are so afraid to say what they think. Maybe that's something that's worthy of being examined. (laughs) Yeah, and and I kind of agree with that too. There are definitely things that people are thinking that should not be said. I'm going to go out and say that right now. Something should be kept inside of people's heads. I'm totally for that. But this one is something that, you know, Urban Meyer has always been in the public spotlight so like jim is saying there's he's not adding anything to it he's just pointing it out and when you take all the things over a long career like that and you bring it up into one topic it sounds like a lot and it sounds like you're hitting like you're, you're really beating down on the person but you're not you're just stating exactly like all the faults that happen there are plenty of head coaches that go through their entire career with no controversy and then, to, and then to kind of show you the character of the Meyer family, which I agree with you, they're just like a, a scumbag family just in general. My, uh, Urban Meyer's daughter went out on Twitter and said that Harbaugh is merely deflecting from other issues that uh, I guess Harbor, Harbaugh came out and said something about how transfers should go through the proper channels before like agreeing to go to a different school. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's a huge controversy. But Meyer, was, uh, not Meyer, Harbaugh basically came out and said, I think that the system is flawed and that these are some ways to change it. That's all he was trying to say. He wasn't basically saying guys shouldn't transfer. Like once you're at Michigan, right. you should stay at Michigan. That's not what he's saying. He said, if you want to go to another school, you're welcome to. But I think the channels to do so are ludicrous. Like there's yeah. like a whole, they jump through, have to jump through hoops just to go to another college. Listen, we've talked about the, the, the NCAA. It's it's a it's a corrupt and broken program. It's a it's very very much broken. And Jim is now in college football. He's a coach for Michigan. Michigan. Right? Michigan. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Um so now he has like a direct like he can see it directly now. And he's the type of person that you, like you like you said before, he's just going to say it. And People are, the reason why people are afraid to attack or to talk about Urban Meyer is the same reason why they're afraid to talk about um, Paterno and any of these other legends of coaching. It's because they're legends and they have a huge following. 
huge following. How many fans of Ohio State are there? How many players have come and gone through that program with him, and then Florida included? So many people love Urban Meyer because he's a winning coach. He's won. People love winning coaches. Just like Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Like, no one's going to talk crap about Nick Saban because he's Nick Saban. But if it's not a guy like that, and it's some guy who coaches another Division One school, they're not going to be afraid to attack him, but they won't attack the big coaches. Jim Harbaugh is just saying, nah, I'm going to attack whoever I want because I'm just Jim Harbaugh. Right. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I, I love when people point out flaws in really messed up people and programs. And Jim's doing both. And I'm sure he has his own issues. And you know He's a very smart person. He might be deflecting. He might be. That's kind of what he does. But at the same time of deflecting, he is bringing up some valid points. So the daughter of Meyer basically came out and said that he's deflecting from other issues and talking about her father, like how he's winless as a coach versus the Buckeyes. Like, Ooh, like come that's on. That's a good one. I like that. That's uh, a good comeback, though. It, it, it's <laughs> good comeback. It, it is good. But at the same like, time, it's, it's like, like you, ha- you have no other ground to stand on that your father's no. a scumbag that you yeah. reached for that. Oh, please, Dan. Wake up. It's America. <laughs> Celebrities' kids are like – they're. Everyone loves celebrity kids. Everyone does. I mean, there are so, Paris Hilton is a prime example of of somebody who has done zero with their lives, zero with their lives, and was so popular when we were growing up. <laughs> For what? Name one reason why Paris Hilton was beca- was famous. Go. I have no answer. Exactly, because she did nothing. <laughs> people love, and people are probably gonna go and defend her. They're like, yeah, look at Urban Meyer's daughter; she's kicking her ass. And so, and Jim, first of all, Jim doesn't give a crap about her. <laughs> He's no, he doesn't. He really that. doesn't. <laughs> He's not gonna lose sleep. Hey, Jim, listen. You know, if you need another podcast to come on, and you want to really go at it, we'll we'll, we'll join you in the conversation because I do not like Urban Meyer at all. So I'm willing to uh, back you up on that one. Hundred so percent, Jim. If you're if you're listening, we would love to have you on. <laughs> it would be great. I'd, I'd love if he was listening, but uh, he's not. Probably. Probably. <laughs> just not. gonna go. I'm just saying. Oh, that's good. I, I like that. Those are fun stories for me because they make me happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I def I definitely think we'll find some more happy go lucky ones for next week. <laughs> Well, no, 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 absolutely not. We need to talk about stuff like that. And I'm sorry, I get very passionate when 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 stuff like that happens because it's just it's so sick to me when when people hurt other people in general that I, I can't I just can't justify it. And I hate people who do it. And I and if you if you've ever listened to the other podcasts that I've been on, if somebody I love gets caught doing something scummy like that. I instantly no longer care who you are because you're a bad person and I don't like bad people. That's why if you're a friend with me, you're probably a good person, except for Dan. He's not. He's a terrible person. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a... Just kidding. All right. You're fine. He's good. Dan's a good guy. All right. So we're going to take our last break. When we come back, we're going to have our final thoughts and our wrap up. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it.
welcome back from our last break, everybody. As uh, that was an interesting break where we discussed why the Power Rangers were trending, and Tom said to get the cast back together. But wait, they're all already dead. Yeah, not all of them, but like, like the Red Ranger is really out of shape, <laughs> and, and he's the, not uh, dead though. No, the 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 Yellow Ranger is. Oh. She died in a car crash, yeah. Oh, that's so, sad. yeah, no. But I saw that trending, and I really got excited because it said trending in Pennsylvania. I'm like, why? <laughs> why in Pennsylvania specifically are the Power Rangers trending? But all the Twitter posts were just explaining, wow, they're trending. That's great. Okay. Tell me why. I, I hate Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I love Twitter. So what are your final thoughts on this episode? Why are the power? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Damn it, Tom. Focus. <laughs> uh, my final thoughts. Golf is still fun, but it can be funner. Um, don't beat or choke or strangle or hurt or insult or abuse anybody. Just love each other. Why is it so hard for humans to love each other? Who the hell cares? Stop being douchey and just be nice. Once in a while, randomly go up to somebody and just say, hey, how are you? They're probably going to look at you and say, I don't know who you are. And like, I don't know who you are either. I just want you to know I want you to have a good day. Do it. It, it, it it's amazing to see people smile sometimes. Just saying. I, I, I Peace and love. I, I'm serious. I know I sound like a total hippie when I say that, but I, I really just hate violence. Uh, what am I talking about? What am I doing? Uh, okay. My last final thought. Um, uh, Jim Harbaugh, 2020. Okay. <laughs> That's what I got. All right. For me, um, you know, congratulations again to Shane Lowry. Um, oh, that too. Really that a, too. A, a, a amazing performance. Um, de- definitely still disappointed that it wasn't like a – like three under winning the tournament, um, which is what I would have loved yeah. to see. Me too. Um, but beautiful golf course. Really, really a stunning golf course to play. Um, it like We didn't really talk about that. You were right. You were 100% right. That course is really nice. Really, really nice. And I kind of hope that they go back there. I hope they add that to their mix and they bring it into the open championship line because I, I would love to see the pros go back and play that course. It was really yeah, nice. It can it cannot be sixty eight years f- till the next time. It just can't. No, it, I don't understand why it it was after watching, like actually seeing you know shots hit and seeing the scenes and it, it was really nice. Like they should definitely bring it back or add some more in in Ireland and Northern Ireland. Don't just keep it to England and Scotland. You know. No, I I agree. Um. Also, kind of piggybacking off yours, just just be nice to everybody. Just don't, like God, you know, if they're mean to you, just be like whatever. Just leave it as is. Don't. There's no need to fight. There's no need for racism and violence and all that stuff. It's just like there's no need. Um, no, there really isn't, Dan. And, and like you, like you said, if somebody gets you mad, just walk away. <laughs> like every, especially in America, there's this instant need to confront. And confronting always causes problems. And and if there was a domestic abuse situation in the Tyreek Hill story, it probably stemmed from that. You know, like two hot-headed people going at it and not knowing 
to back off causes problems. And that's kind of the way every fight always tends to break out. So just like stop. Is it that hard not to choke someone? I mean, I've gone What's 28 years in my life and I've never choked anybody. I've never felt the need to choke anybody either. It seems pretty easy. But I guess I'm just not insane or a criminal. But either way, I've said my piece on that. You know, and lastly for me, uh, props to Urban, uh, to, uh, not Urban Meyer, to Jim Harbaugh oh. for yeah. kind of just calling out Urban Meyer on, on, his, on his dirty laundry. Uh, I, I loved it. Sure. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, like you said when you were talking about the story, it just pointed out stuff. It's yeah. really not attacking. It's just bringing everything into one piece. Yeah. All right. And, and then That's he was called calling out the NCAA on, on their transfer penalty yeah. for, for yeah. students who just want to have a better college career. And that's all they want to do, yet the I NCAA know. punishes them for it, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, props to Harbaugh for coming out and, and speaking up about it. Um, maybe I hope some coaches like defend him or something. That would be kind of nice I to see. I hope so, too. He, like if he, Nick Saban comes out and he's just like, oh yeah, I'm with Jim. Like that's big. Oh, <laughs> that's it's huge. Big. Absolutely huge. Or, or um, Jimbo Sweeney from Clemson. Oh yeah, that would be a good one because he's pretty big right now. So, yeah, yeah won the last cool. two national titles. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, wow. Clem- Clemson that's, went back to back. That's pretty impressive, especially when you have a team like Alabama right there. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it wasn't Alabama Clemson both years. I think it was. Uh, probably. I think Alabama's just a perennial at this point. They're kind of like the former Warriors. I'm saying former because I don't think they're going to do it anymore. Let's so that is going to do it for this episode of Ride the Pine. Thanks, Tom, for joining me. Always fun talking sports. Of course. Uh, if you haven't already, go check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Ride the Pine Pod. Also, make sure to check out Tom on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash death on two legs. And yep, with the O's or zeros. But again, o- I really don't I really don't stream that often. I maybe go, might be going back to it, but it's Dan who you want to go follow because he's way more active. Yep, I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash unbreakable one. The second E is the number three. Uh, I'll actually be streaming. Uh, well, actually, this is coming out next week, so. <laughs> Stay tuned for Instagram and, twi- and Twitter for my uh, my streaming schedule. Um, hey guys, I streamed last week. Thank you for watching. <laughs> uh, I caught myself as soon as I was saying, I was like, I'm streaming tonight. Wait, I do that all the time <laughs> wait, because it, wait. <laughs> yeah, I do it all the time, especially with this show where we put out an episode every week, so we have pretty much seven days in between. I always forget, and I'm like, yeah, in a couple of days, and I'm like, oh wait, but. That was like six days ago for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you again for everybody for tuning in. We appreciate the love and the support. And uh, we'll be talking with you next week. Yes, we will. And thank you for for supporting us for 50 episodes. This is, you know, I've only been a part of them for 10. Well, 11 if you count the special that I was in. But, um, uh, you know, 50 episodes is, I know you're relatively new to podcasting, but 50 episodes is a big achievement. A lot of podcasts can't make it out of the first, like, 10. So now that we're at 50, nothing really is in the way to stop us from going to 100 and beyond. So I, I thank you, man. for all that support. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate everyone who's come out and, and listened to the episodes and just supported us over the last year and a half. 
And um, and big thank you to Tom for for joining us these last ten episodes. And I will continue to say that bonus episode is still the highest listened to <laughs> episode in our podcast history. Oh, I wish I wasn't drunk. I, I really just wish that I wasn't drinking because now that I don't drink that much anymore, I look back and I listen to those and I'm like, oh God, I was so obnoxious. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had fifty three. Like we we had fifty three listens of just that episode. No, I know. No, no. And that should it's have crazy. been just a sign of being like, "Hey, get Tom on here full time." And I don't now, even remember now it's what here. we talked about. <laughs> we talked about the tour championship about. and Tiger winning. Oh, oh, oh! Okay, that look full circle. <laughs> we were just talking about that. <laughs> cool. Um, well, yeah. No, thanks for having me on. It's been fun so far. Yeah, and we'll hope hopefully keep it going. And you know, before we go, I'm wearing my Bruins shirt. Because I'm starving for hockey season. <laughs> oh, you! I am so ready for the NHL season. Are you kidding? We just locked Truba down for eight years. I'm so psyched. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so it's psyched. gonna be a great we season. Got, we got Panarin and Truba now for eight years. Now we just have to get rid of the entire team to pay for them. So <laughs> fun times ahead. <laughs> Bye, Kreider. <laughs> Hello, Kreider. <laughs> Yeah, please. Whatever. No, don't go to Boston. He's going to. He wants to go home. I'm sure he'll go to Boston, which will suck for us. But whatever. Well, <laughs> thank Can you, everybody. Take, for... take stall. I don't want him. Take stall for please for nothing. <laughs> Just nothing. Just take him. Make him like the twelfth defenseman or something. Let him play with Krug and ruin his career. No, how about uh, we just I mean, put him in the freaking Blades costume and just leave it at that? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is that the mascot? The mascot. <laughs> yeah, that's a little complicated for Stall. So <laughs> might not be able to. Do that it's one. too complicated. He can't skate no. in a bear costume. <laughs> I know you're trying to close out the show, but I want one more fun fact. Last year, Mark Stall scored more goals against the Rangers because he like deflects them in that he scored for the Rangers. It's a true stat, by the way. I forgot exactly how many goals he scored, but it was like an almost doubled the amount that he actually deflected into his own net. Oh, oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> I love him. I hate him. All right, go ahead. Close <laughs> no, you the show. Close the show. So I thanks, everybody, so for tuning in, and tune in next week for some more Ride the Pine. Have a great night, everybody. Why are Power Rangers trending in Pennsylvania? Excuse me. <laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry. I got to check this out. <laughs> it says trending in Pennsylvania. Hashtag Power Rangers. Why? Why? Tell me. Please tell me they're coming to like Philadelphia. <laughs> are they? I'm looking. I, I, I don't know. What is this? Everyone's talking about how they're trending, but no one's talking about why they're fucking trending. Come on. I'm so mad. They're all just like so amazed that Power Rangers are trending. <laughs> like, <laughs> explain why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Power Rangers in space. That was a good one.
right. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. You ready for the final yeah. section? Ready for the final bit. Right. Yeah. And go. <laughs> sorry, you sounded just like so like. Yeah. Because I'm mad that no one's explaining why they're trending. Did somebody die? Did somebody is? Are they? Are the Power Rangers getting back together? Like the original, well, the ones who are okay, they're like all dead. So never mind. It's all just depressing. 